watched The Cabin in the Woods, which isn't really a horror movie, but can have some horror moments in it. And the premise of the whole movie is essentially a spoiler. So with that out of the way, let's get going. Yeah, it's written by Joss Whedon, which I didn't know until I found out. Heard of him. He did Buffy. He's also a complete and utter asshole. Oh, okay. Allegedly. According, no, to, true. according to quite a few people. Yeah. Now. Yeah. He's got a bad rep in Hollywood at the moment, but he, he was the guy who did the, he did Doll's House. He did Firefly. He did Firefly. He did the he Aven- did first Avengers movie. The Avengers movie. And the second Avengers movie. Yeah. He's got good, good geek cred. And he did this in collaboration with Drew Goddard, who went on to direct in the Planet of the Apes franchise. Okay. And they wrote this movie over the course of a weekend. So... It starts with kind of two middle-aged guys, Citizen and Hadley, which is the Richard Jenkins I recognise, but I never can place. And the other one is Bradley Whitford, who's been in loads of stuff. The West Wing, he's in Handmaid's Tale right. at the moment. My wife quite fancies him with his, he's got a grey beard. And they're just walking through some kind of enormous sort of facility, facility type yeah. thing, discussing like really mundane office worky stuff about marriage and children and that sort of thing. And then a a, a sort of lab assistant rocks up and tells them about there's been an incident at the Stockholm facility and they they don't seem particularly perturbed Mm. by this. They say that the Japanese will get the job done and uh, and it will be fine. And then they just kind of drive off. Yeah. Bit of a strange opening to this movie. Is that where you were? It wasn't very cabiny. It, well, it threw me. Had yeah. you seen this film before, Simon? No, no, it's my first time. So this this was me, obviously, not being a horror fan, trying to avoid all horror films at all costs until I'm basically forced to watch them by you dicks. But this was not how I expect. Yeah, it wasn't how I expected it. But I, to be honest, I was like... It, you Did know, you know it, anything at all about no, the movie before you right, went in? I didn't, apart from... It was only when I started watching the film, it, like during the film, and it started getting a little bit like sort of you know you started working out what was uh, coming together i remembered that you'd mentioned it before oh, in one course. of the top five top five lifts yeah yeah so that was my only sort of like recollection uh, I'd, I'd forgotten the name of the film that you'd mentioned but then i was like, oh this must be the one <laughs> like this is fairly like that's you know a kind of that's fairly unique i yeah. <laughs> imagine in like cinema so yeah it's i'm expecting Cabin in the Woods, pretty much, it's going to do what it says on the tin. There's like a cabin that's like kind of like in the woods, a bit distorted yeah. Yeah. on the on the poster. Yeah, like a Rubik cube. Yeah, but I didn't really think. I just thought oh, this is going to be an hour and a half of people getting chased around woods and hacked to pieces, and I'm going to shit my pants. Have we got some of that? Well, let's see, yeah. because it does then go to sort of that classic version of the story where we we now shift to I think a college room or a home yeah. a bedroom and uh, Dana and Jules are they're they're there to sort of you sort of got the slutty blonde I guess and called the, it immediately I said she'll die first called yeah. it immediately well it's the rules and I don't of watch horror I, yeah but I don't watch horror you don't have to watch loads of horror to know the rules and and how this movie sort of subverts and deconstructs them a little bit Mm. he really likes that kind of scooby gang kind of vibe because that that's what the nickname of the gang was in buffy all right scoops which i think came from a a fan message board and that was adopted but this again it's like it's got all the well, Marty, it, it could have it could have been you know Daphne and Velma from yeah. Actually, from I the, never made the connection, but yeah, it's so Mar- Marty's uh, even like so. I watched this with Cindy, and she straight away was like, "Is this guy meant to be Shaggy from Scooby yeah. Doo?" Yeah, or Stoner, yeah, yeah. The, the the jock guy. Yeah. yeah. So we are introduced to all of these characters, but actually they're quite 
there are little twists on those things because although Chris Hemsworth um, is a big athletic guy, we learn very quickly that he's on a scholarship and he's actually a very, you know, he's a he's a he's a decent student and he is actually very nice to his girlfriend yeah. and they're going away together and the girlfriend actually isn't dumb and ditzy and blonde at all. She's Fit just enough. dyed her hair. You know, everybody's got slightly more dimensions uh, to them yeah. than like the, she dyes it blonde because that's a thing. Like a thing so it comes it. out later, yeah. So it's kind of right. I didn't pick up on that watching. I just assumed, you know, she's too scared. Hysteric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting for... You know in the first... Once you've gone past the first couple of scenes, if nothing like outrageously horrible has happened then, and then it's like sort of like establishing the story, you're safe for a little bit. You know they're going to a cabin in the woods, they've spoken about it. Hemsworth's cousin has bought it. Hemsworth's cousin's bought it, yeah. Yeah, so you know they're going there. So like this is a... They're not like these, uh, you know, get 30 yards down the road and someone starts stabbing them there. It's going to be when they get get to to the the cabin cabin in the woods, so... So they've got to get a collection of people first. And, of course, uh, you know, they get another one of Hemsworth mates. I forget his name. It's probably down here somewhere. And then you get the stoner character played by... Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. What did you think about this character? I mean, he turns up in a shitty old car, like loads of collections of like tropes that you've seen in other things like smoke spilling out the window yeah and then he collapses his bong into a coffee cup <laughs> yeah. which was pretty cool i mean he was obviously there's usually like the the you know the the joker or like the the, the jester kind of character in these sorts of things yeah i mean he was he, he, he all of the characters the, the ones that stuck around long enough kind of like grew on me a little bit as the film went on, as I started realizing that this is not your average kind of horror film, there was more going on than that, and I I stopped sort of like shitting myself because I, I just like that. That's the, what I thought this was going to be is exactly what I don't like. It's like just an hour and a half of just like jump, hostel, jump go, go, go porn, go, yeah. yeah, like just dragging out. There's nothing like that, really. No, no. I mean, there's some bits that because obviously it starts going that way when when you get to the yeah. woods and things start happening and, and people start getting like executed like fairly brutally <laughs> like hats are like heads hacked off and shit but yeah there was more to it the mirror on. the mirror scene would you have chirped up <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> Yeah. The, the two-way mirror when she's getting undressed and the bloke's like, yeah. well, I, I can see through that. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'd have wronged you in the next room going, get in here, get in here. <laughs> I'd have probably done what he did if I had a body that looked like yeah. his. I was up for that Swap as well. it round yeah. and just kind of flex, <laughs> flex a bit. But, I'd like know. to have seen that with you and as your I am. actual body. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that would have been you know, It's sort of hypnotic, like looking at a lava lamp. Mm, yeah. A sexy lava lamp. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so they get to the cabin and hijinks ensue. They get stoned. They dare Jules to yeah. get off with the, oh, the werewolf's the head. The whole time. Obviously, you're meant to. The whole time, it's like, oh, this wolf's going to come to life and tear her face I off. was just staring Fuck at it like, off. it's going to move. There's going to be like little movement in it that, you know, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No. It's a little homage to Evil Dead 2 that, in fact, the whole cabin, the yeah. whole setup is very much Evil Dead and mm. Evil Dead 2. Yeah, so she gets off with that. Then we cut back to, oh, one thing we've missed gutted because this is one of my favorite moments in the film is when they meet the harbinger yeah yeah so they stop for gap they stop for petrol and uh, it's like (laughs) the attendant his name's mordecai he's just this crazy bloke that you've seen in a billion horror movies over the years where he's just sort of 
warning warning them the locals don't like your kind and blah 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 yeah. blah yeah yeah you know you're well off the beaten track when the petrol station looks like that the attendant <sighs> behaves like that so but then we get a bit of a, a subversion of that as well because then he phones the facility now so we get the two mm. worlds connected and he doesn't realize he's on speakerphone and he's yeah. doing his portentous sort of speaking about you know the thirst of the elders will be quenched and all this stuff and and then Bradley White and Richard Jenkins are just sort of sitting there laughing in the yeah in the that's control a really good too but they the that's how it connects again because Citizen and, and Hadley are are sitting there watching the events that are unfolding in the cabin on. Uh, giant screens in front of them just yeah. as you the viewer are watching those guys watching the people on the you also screen. get the, the the bit where they drive through the tunnel and I, I think it's like an eagle or like a big it's a big bird of prey like sort of is just following along and then flies into like this force field yeah. I'm like what the fuck's going on here I sort of wish they hadn't put that in the movie because it does under, undercut the funniest joke in the movie I think which because when the carnage kicks off, which is our, and the carnage kicks off because they go down to the basement. Yeah. And in the basement, it's just everything that's ever been in any old horror movie is in that basement uh, okay. for so them these are all to like, find. These are all iconic things that. They're sort of references to things. So you see a circular version of the puzzle box that they use in the Hellraiser thing. There's some references to some other stuff when they start reading it out. Right. Basically, any one of these things looks dodgy as fuck. And in fact, it is because back in the control room, they're all taking bets on yeah, who's going to finish yeah. off this <laughs> a group of people. And there's a huge whiteboard up that had some fantastic stuff on it. Then you, like, you find out that one of your guys is obsessed with a merman. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. He just wants yeah. it to be a merman. He's just <laughs> desperate for it to be a merman. Where was I? They're in the basement. In basement. Oh, yeah, they're in the basement. Eventually, she does pick up the Redneck's diary, and it's got some Latin in it. And she starts reading all this Redneck stuff about how they had to, I don't know, it's just general Redneck zombie shit and how they'll come back one time. But it's got Latin at the end, and she decides to read the Latin. She reads the Latin, and Redneck zombie come up. From the ground. Back in then we cut to the control room. Everybody's whooping for joy. Yeah. Here come the redneck zombies. Every the people who didn't have them. I think maintenance won because yeah. they, they had redneck zombies <laughs> they had to as share they do every the year. Yeah. yeah, and they had to share it with Scott the intern, yeah. And then there's um, a girl who comes up and says, like, oh, I've got zombies as well. And it's like, oh no, that's like that's just regular zombies. These are redneck like zombies. Zombie torture fam redneck zombie torture family yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the redneck zombie torture family have been released mm. just as Jules, who has been now squirting with a kind of pheromone to make her even dumber. I think it's to, to make her, they talk about... Make her horny. Yeah, 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 basically make her hornier, so... Hmm. Because we're starting to find out this is part of a, of a ritual that has to be performed for, for those downstairs. A bit like Trapdoor, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This, is the, this is the last hope for... Mankind? Yeah. I was going to try to think of the word for, like, appeasing the... Oh, whatever it is yeah the deities yeah yes well it, it turns out this is all part of an elaborate ritual that yeah. is meant to appease the deities yeah. that live underground and they have to see uh, certain archetypes a jock a um, fool uh, a slut basically she, she has to die a first virgin. they yeah. have to be killed in a certain order a certain order and it has to happen somewhere in the world to appease these people and you see shots of these things actually taking place with their own genre conventions mm. like in when they cut to japan it's like a wet-haired girl ghost ring, thing like yeah. the ring or in the back of one of them you see king kong bizarrely dead on the floor you'd like the ring pete i don't think i would yeah it's good yeah it's good like possessed children 
climbing out the TV. Yeah. Fuck off. They, they sort of get they get wind that something's up because someone finds one of the, the guys finds a, a camera. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, and Mar- they saw Mar- they Mar- get wind yeah. that um, something's not quite right, and they're being yeah. watched, and they're somehow being manipulated. Yeah. Um, and he traces that camera actually back to effectively the elevator that brought the redneck hmm. zombies to the surface. Yeah. By this point, it's we've only, missed it's only him, him that's that's aware of this. That's yes. Only, at like, this I mean, point. Because, yeah, he's the only one who's aware. Jules gets her head cut, like her head cut off. Everything's getting a bit fucked up. They don't realise that there's anything other than like zombies um, out mm. to get them at this point. And then they all break it. they get back in the camper van. They try and make it through back through the tunnel. That's right. Tunnel gets collapsed. He then they well, forgot to do it. There's a bit the of um, there's panic in the in the control in the facilities. room. Yeah. Like, oh my God, they're going to get away and something's not working in the desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to yeah. hot wire, hot wire yeah. explosion basically to get them trapped again. So, so yeah. they're caught on this uh, ravine yeah. and uh, Hemsworth, they've been showing all the way through, there's been conspicuous shots of a motorbike that was on the back of the RV. They showed you the RV first yeah. bit zoom, you know, and I was thinking, don't keep showing us that motorbike unless you're going to do something with it. Well, they do do something with it. Hemsworth. And, and it, what's interesting about this as well is this movie was made in 2011, which just predates Chris Hemsworth's appearance in Thor. So he's not actually, although this was released a bit later, it was made earlier, but the studio went bankrupt. Yeah. So he was cast in Thor pretty much based on this. Based on this, but yeah. it wasn't released. So then they yeah. released it later right. because now he had all this uh, cash. But anyway, he he goes out. He, he, he says he's going to try and save everybody. He can jump across the ravine on his motorbike. That's why I wish we didn't have the shot of the bird. In it still fucking surprised me though. When it, <laughs> Did it? Yeah. I, like, I thought, I don't know what I thought. I was not going to make it or it was going to be, you know, it would crash into the other side and he'd somehow climb up. But no, you get the fourth field, bang, <laughs> and, and he's dead. To his death. <laughs> yeah, it's really horrible. Yeah. So with nowhere to go, they go back to the cabin now. I think we've only got Marty. Well, again, it's the camper van. Marty's already been pulled out of a window. You're assuming he's dead. Yeah. And then they get back in. So the, the I'm forgetting the people's name, but the clever one and yeah. the virgin back in the camper van. They're driving. Well, he's the, the clever guy's driving. He then gets fucking stabbed through the throat because there's a zombie in the back. Yeah. And then they end up in the lake. She manages to climb out and then... Oh, she starts getting attacked. She gets, by the... She's basically getting beaten up, but it's it's quite, it's it's quite a cool scene because at this point, they assume everyone else is dead. And then it's like the reveal that within the facility or, or part of the process, the ritual is that the, the virgin doesn't actually have to die. She's just the she final girl. She can die or survive, and it doesn't matter as long as she's the last one. And they're like celebrating, like they're cracking out the champagne and everything, getting the shots on the go. And then, like in the background on the screens, you can just see her getting like absolutely like battered by this <laughs> yeah. massive zombie. It's and horrible. I'm sure. As well. I'm sure they obviously they have a lot of controls over what goes on. They could have stopped this, like. <laughs> Uh, or you know they could have I don't know I presume yeah because she doesn't have to die ritual they like have to call they have to get the the back zombies the box, or the, yeah. like the monsters whatever back in the box yeah. so they could do that they could like save yeah. her but they're more interested in just celebrating on it. and whooping and, and patting their I just assumed back. that that has to play out as it has to play out so she could kill the redneck zombies that would be fine uh, or right. they can kill her but yeah. 
the only survivor there's uh... no no she's not marty is still alive because his weed has kept him immune (laughs) to uh, some of the tricks that they've been trying to play on him they spiked his stash but he had a secret stash of course he did and so his perception has been clear enough the whole way through he's been sort of talking conspiracies about shadowy you know organizations controlling your movements and stuff and of course he's right in the course of this and he then finds his way with Dana right into the lift yeah and you, now, and you, you see the zombie that has like obviously pulled him out the window and he's like disemboweled it yeah. with a trowel yeah. <laughs> or dismembered it with a trowel and it's just like it's sort of twitching yeah. on the floor <laughs> and they get into the elevator she she says we've got to go and he's like go where there's literally nowhere for us to go so we need to go down so now this is getting interesting because the two worlds are going to connect but before that happens we get treated to this scene of basically every genre horror genre convention yeah that there could possibly be yeah. ghosts, werewolves, creepy kids with teeth for face, <laughs> oh, yeah. face, yeah, a really bad Hellraiser knockoff, just everything in all in these kind of glass cubes that have been moving around. Do you see the giant cat? No, right. it was just in the top right hand corner. It was just a giant cat. A cat Probably could have done with pausing it and taking it all in. Really, yeah. Yeah. I didn't do that. It is worth doing that, and yeah. and on the board as well. Yeah. The board has got some funny stuff on it. So the cubes are all moving around. Eventually, they realize in the control room, don't they, that the two of them are still alive. They mm. see them on the video feed, so they bring them down well, to the, the lobby. The, the director, the director rings yes. to the control room whilst they're celebrating to say one of them's still alive, so they know that it's that it's not yet a done deal. And they bring them down uh, to the elevator scene. And you're right, Peter, this was a scene that I referenced in our mm. top five elevators. I'm sure after having seen it, you can see why. Yeah, it's it, it's like it's like nothing else I've sort of seen before. It's like what what this film does is, is surprise you. It, it surprises you kind of sometimes in a really good way, sometimes in a not necessarily so good way. But it, it's definitely, yeah, full of things. You can't predict always what's going to happen next no. at all. And then obviously then... I mean, there's already been horror elements in it, like the, the couple of the things around the cabin, and then like this, like turns into like an absolute fucking carnage when it's they get down bath, into the facility it? because, mm. the, like the our our sort of two heroes get into the control room where there's a big purge button, yeah, and it releases all of the monsters at the same time into the facility. And that. that was a great idea when they designed yeah. the facility, having a single button that releases yeah. all the monsters into the facility. Still advised. So, yeah. It was a good idea, wasn't it? And they do come and you get sort of 10 minutes of just carnage. Mm. I mean, the sorts of things that you see a giant snake, like, you know, ripping at someone. Yeah. One of my favourites, I think, was the unicorn. Yeah. They just stabbed the guy through <laughs> the abdomen. Totally unnecessary. There's like some kind of like robotic scorpion thing. Yeah. With like a, tra- like a sort of chainsaw for a tail. It's yeah. mental, yeah. It's just, and you know, it's just carnage in the facility. By this point, Citizen and Hadley desperately trying to get a lid on things, but they can't. They're in the control room yeah. and a guy who looks like Michael B. Jordan, but isn't, mm. is defending them. He gets killed. Yeah. There's a big explosion at Hadley. This, so is it Hadley? Yeah, yeah. it's Hadley. And, and this is like, when he was lying there, and then you could see someone coming. I'm like, I was, I was straight away, I was sort of laughing to myself and going, you know what's I happening. know what's coming here. Yeah. I know what. <laughs> you actually hear like the flippers slapping first and then he, the merman comes through the fog and there's a kind of, is he kind of happy to go that way? He had to choose, he would have picked it. Yeah, because he's, he's, he's rooting for the merman the whole yeah. way through and he 
he says something like, really? Yeah. Or, like, oh, you got to be kidding or something like that. And then it's like, quite, the merman like sets upon him and like blood like flies out of his blowhole. Oh, it's back. horrible. Yeah. yeah, it's horrible. Dana and Marty make their way lower and lower into the facility, which reveals a much more... Much more like the ritual chambers, I guess, you'd expect for something like this. Like a and, temple kind of vibe, yeah. yeah. Because they've been lowering blood of the guys who've been killed. I didn't mm. really understand how that works, but it's fine. Sigourney Weaver explains that, um, well, she explains the premise of the film, that this is all part of a, a ritual that needs to be done because they're these huge gods that live underneath the, the mm. earth. And if it's not done this way, they'll destroy everything. And that she's basically left Dana with the idea that she has to kill Marty to mm. complete the ritual. First day off the director, don't they? Because they're just not going to do that. I think yeah. Marty gets rid of her, isn't it? No, I think it's so Dana's about to, it looks like she's, she's thinking about shooting Marty. She gets attacked by a werewolf. Patience. Mm, that's right. Patience. The, the redneck is like crept into the facility and she then stabs. stabs I think she stabs her. the director. That's right. And they both fall off. And yeah. And what did you think about the point of, because at this point, they sit back and smoke a joint. Well, she says, um, if this is how it's got to be, then it's not worth saving. Yeah. You know, it's like not, not going anyway. yeah, 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 yeah. to just keep doing these ritual sacrifices. It's, let's just end it now. Yeah. I mean, she should have shot him, shouldn't she? Yeah. Let's be clear. About yeah, that. yeah. She yeah, strangled him, sure. anything, but, yeah. you know. Uh, because the thing that happens next is an enormous hand just comes flying up from the ground and smashes everything. And then I guess we're led to believe it's Armageddon and the the gods, the eldritch abominations themselves have risen to the earth. Yeah. And that's, and that's that, it. And that's it. Yeah. So it was nothing like what I was expecting. Yeah. Same. It's it's like, obviously the, the poster, the title, it couldn't be more like... I didn't know Joss Whedon was attached to it. Right. I did sort of remember that Reese. Uh, I couldn't remember if it was this film that you'd talked about. And I obviously didn't want to go looking around before I'd seen it. So in the back of my mind, I was thinking, is this the one with the lift? I don't know. So it was it was pretty, you know, it was a blank canvas for me going in. I, it was a bit of a roller coaster because it, a lot of the time I was just thinking, well, it's just doing the scream thing, you know, of telling you how a horror film works. Yeah. And then doing all the you know sending up all the stereotypes i think um, scream is is a point of comparison i think this movie is much more about the audience yeah. this is but, much well, more about it's kind of saying you wanted all this stuff yeah and then you went all postmodern and you and that ruined it and uh, yeah I, I i enjoyed it a lot more than scream i have to say i really really enjoyed it it was it was sort of funnier and well it it takes you because scream obviously the you know the the joke is that it's like it's a kind of a parody of itself in mm, the yeah. you know it's a load of people talking about what happens yeah. when there's a murderer on the loose and then they're, they're all getting off one by one when they leave the room and stuff so and it and, it, and in a it, way that meta that whole meta thing that scream did really kind of like smashed horror up yeah. for ages because it, it couldn't work for a while yeah right. exactly yeah. what it did is it sort of is it sort of it, la- it was laughing at itself and, yeah kind and, of and at, and at everything else as well whereas like before that like up to that point see I, I say I'm not a horror fan but I watched The Shining I thought it was a fucking fantastic film Alien and uh, the Alien franchise certainly the first two brilliant film. they're horror films like that for me is horror you can tell mm. so it is sci-fi of course it is but they're you know people are getting yeah. f- but they they're not films that i 
couldn't watch and wouldn't watch and didn't enjoy. They're brilliant, brilliant films, but it's almost like after that, is there after sort of Scream and then all of these kind of like parodies and then going back to like the, you know, the, the stereotype modern horror films where it is the cabin in the woods and stuff like has there been anything like alien <coughs> shining like uh, totally different films obviously but like that kind of horror where it's like built up through the like the story the plot the mood well i would the, say the, the, midsummer uh, is like score. That. Yeah. and and both ariaster films midsummer and hereditary are both like that where it's right. much more about atmosphere as is the babadook which are the, some of the superior horror films i've been talking about which are yeah. much less about sort of jason style slashers and that's yeah. you know and not torture porn either which i think this movie was kind of having a go at as well but yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in the horror genre yeah i mean th- this was so i d- i enjoyed it i had the the fear for a, a while it was like a bit of like you know sort of like trying to like maybe like accidentally look away and stuff but it because it you know there was enough intrigue right from the get-go like who are these guys in this facility What's going on here? Why is that guy, you know, that guy's then like at the petrol station, rung it in. Why is the bird hit a force field? Like there's enough going on to keep you like, okay, this is not normal. They now just go back to like a slash of like film in the woods. What the fuck is all the rest of it about? So it kept me intrigued. Some of it was just ludicrous, but some of it was genuinely funny. And like the, the, the sort of like the actual like horror elements of it or the gore elements of it were like became almost like sort of comedy because it yeah, was yeah absolutely yeah, I mean it, I personally I maybe this is just semantics but I don't really consider The Cabin in the Woods a, a horror movie no I would have said that as well it's a, it's yeah. a comedy more than mm. anything that and, and it's really about it's about filmmaking and it's deconstruction of the of the genre and how the audience you know the how audience expectations can can sort of malform the final product stuff. I think all of that stuff is is like way more interesting and takes takes it really out of the horror yeah. genre in some ways. Yeah. But yeah, the studio did go bust before they got a chance to release it, so it was kind of sitting around on a shelf somewhere for a while. But it did eventually, obviously, get released. Budget for it was thirty million dollars. I'm sure it's a winner because it, I'm sure a lot of people, this was like different and mm. new and I'm sure a lot of people jumped on it. Going on with that, Riggs? Yeah, I would say this was probably a hit. Made 70 million. Yeah. It's pretty decent. Yeah, the MGM saw dailies of the scenes with various scenes with Chris Helmsworth and on the basis of that, they signed him on for Red Dawn. I've seen that as well, actually. The um, one where the Koreans invade I've not seen America it. or the Russians. Yeah. And then Ludicrous. And then from that also Thor. Mm. And then the timeline gets all jumbled up because this came first, but again yeah. came later. But it was really good. I was surprised. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I the reason I picked it is because I didn't think I think you guys would have steered clear of it just because of the title. And I yeah. thought it was yeah, something right. yeah. different that is worth seeing. Yeah. Good good choice. <laughs> 